Where's my medicine remix? Mm, drop! Drop it like it's hot. Hey, medicine remix, I love what you guys are doing. Everything is hot. From medicine remix. Medicine remix. You're listening to medicine remix. Really, I like the way you mixed. Medicine. Yo, I caught those. You thought I was going to miss those, huh? Because I've been sleeping on my anchor game. But I'm back. And you know what else? I think you inspired me to maybe take this anchor thing a little bit more serious. This was lit. Boys, awesome stuff. Great show. Awesome musical choices as always. Great song selection. And good ear, by the way, too, because you really, I thought that was dope how you picked up on it and put the music behind it. And um, it's definitely inspirational. I just found great value in this. I just wanted to call and give you props and just say thank you. Appreciate this conversation. I'm really curious, as doctors, what your thought is on all this. Just would love to know the medical perspective on that. Thanks. Guys, come on. Get to it. you got a job to do. You've got a community waiting for your opinions. Chop, chop. Chop it, chop it. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Medicine Remix only on Anchor. Bye. Support for today's Medicine Remix show is brought to you by Believe. Need all day inner strong? Try Believe, the only anti-negativity and doubt reducer medication. Believe, inner strength to last your whole fucking day. Now, back to believing in the miracles of the human body on Medicine Remixed, only on Anchor. It's really cool, uh, I don't know if you'd call it an experiment, but what they did was they gave med students uh, slips of paper, like I think like three or four slips of paper. And on one of them, they told them to write down, who's the smartest person in the class? All the students wrote down names. They fold it up, put it down. Next one asks, who do you think here is gonna make the best doctor? They wrote the names down, fold it up. And they wrote, who would you send your family to go see as their doctor? Wrote them all down, boom, boom. Never once was it the same person. Was it the same person for all of them? So the guy who was considered the smartest wasn't the guy that they'd send their family yeah. to, and the guy that they send their family to wasn't the smartest guy. Mm-hmm. And the per, you know, like the idea that you know what makes a, a, a good doctor. Uh, I think the emphasis for a long time was put on, on, on paper smarts, on books and exams. Yeah. I, I've always really taken exception to when people say, oh, that guy's smart. And people say, oh, you're just a hater. When I say, oh, well, smart's relative, man. You know, smart's relative. Yeah. It's what, what you value as smart. If you value as memorizing a bunch of shit that someone else figured out and wrote in a book and you memorize it, if you value that as smart, then yeah, okay, that, that guy's smart. Yeah. It's, it's something that I think is a problem, but... Anyway, I, I think that that's the interesting part about uh, the, the medical education process is that you walk in and uh, a friend of mine who had graduated from med school before I ever got I got in said, you know, med school is only going to do two things for you. It's going to, one, make you the best complainer in the world. You just start to complain about everything. I can't, I can't honestly tell you. Like one person that I know in this field that does not complain. Yeah, I, I, I and I, I, started complaining about shit that wouldn't I would have never complained about before. Shitty seats and chairs, and you know the binding on this syllabus sucks, and yeah. you know. Um, but the other thing uh, was, it's going to teach you that you really don't know anything. See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 50 years, you're going to start doing some thinking on your own and you're going to come up with the fact that there are two certainties in life. One, don't do that. 
And two, you dropped 150 grand on a fucking education you could have got for a dollar fifty in late charges at the public library. <laughs> yeah, but I will have a degree, and you'll be serving my kids fries at a drive-through on our way to a skiing trip. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but at least I won't be unoriginal. But I mean, if you have a problem like that, I mean, we could just step outside. We could figure it out. I'm having this no problem. It's cool. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Damn right, it's cool. How you like me now? <laughs> My boy's wicked smart. First two years of med school, for the most part, it's all textbooks. It's all taking tests. It's all digesting way too much information in way too short of amount of time. Every instructor says the same thing to you. If I were in med school today, I probably wouldn't make it because there's so much information you guys have to learn. I remember one particular instructor who began his lecture by saying, any lecture that lasts more than 15 minutes is pretty useless in terms of having you remember anything we're talking about. I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting. He proceeded to give a one hour and 45 minute lecture. <laughs> now, that being said, it's just what it is. There's a lot of stuff you gotta know. They're just gonna say it. Your job is to actually learn it. Most of your time in class, if you went to class in med school, is spent thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? I should probably be home studying because none of this shit makes sense. So part of the interesting transition is that after the first two years of med school, you begin your clinical years, meaning that's the actual time you're going to be on the hospital floors and seeing patients and actually engaging with medicine as you imagined, you know. So it, as you could imagine, it, it's a hard transition for some because, you know, they were used to sitting in a library studying some stuff. Uh, memorizing it, taking the exam, doing well, and then they, you know, were quote top of the class, right? Well, now you're having to deal with everything. You're having to deal with people's personalities. You're having to deal with patients. You're having to deal with crisis. You're having to deal with stressful moments, and it it can be a bit unnerving. And it's a hell of a transition because there's this weird thing that happens when you're actually in the moment, and all that stuff that you were able to recall for an exam in the quietness of this exam room and all you could hear is pencils scratching away is no longer accessible in the way it once was because there's things beeping, someone's staring at you, you're nervous, the patients are looking at you. It can be a bit nerve-wracking. Anyway, in, in, in order to sort of ease that transition, some med schools have like early exposure so you can kind of get in the hospital and get in the swing of things before you're running full clip years three and four and part of that there was this thing in at my med school anyway uh called master clinician and master clinician was you'd show up in the evening to the hospital for us in particular it was in the emergency room and there was about five of us and we were assigned to a master clinician I would imagine that whoever they chose for the master clinician was somebody that, you know, people felt had good clinical skills, and most of them, you know, they were old guys, um, and, you know, had been doing it for a while and obviously wanted to teach, you know, they volunteered for that position, 
and um, they'd kind of just show you around and, and you'd go see patients and they'd point out things that, you know, on physical exam and things to look for. A lot of stuff that you're not even really prepared to digest, but there's a couple of jewels that they'll drop that, you know, you'll probably add to your repertoire and it, it's good. It, it's, it's a useful thing. Well, the first time we go, and I know the guy's name, I'm not going to say because, you know, I don't think it's important in the story, but the doctor, um, he's this old guy, old white guy, maybe, you know, tall guy, six three, six four, bald, um, and he's kind of a bit abrasive, but he's just got a kind of go, 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 uh, thing about him, and, which is cool, whatever. There's five of us. I'm a tall dude. I'm like six three. I generally try not to stand in the front of anything, and I generally would try not to sit in the front of class because I hated you know, thinking that I was going to be blocking somebody's view because it's annoying. So I generally stand in the back. So there's an emergency room. Uh, emergency rooms being what they are, ours was no different. Overcrowded, understaffed. So what they actually did in the emergency rooms is they just threw curtains up in the middle of what used to be one room to make it two. So as you can imagine, it was pretty tight quarters. And um, we kind of gather around him he's got a patient it's this older lady um I, if i remember i want to say she was in her 80s um and she had um a physical finding that he wanted us to feel and she had um a physical finding that he wanted us to feel and what she had was she had an enlarged liver. And to feel it, you, you palpate it and you use your hands. And you got to push a little deep. But she was kind of thin and frail. So, was, you know, I guess he thought it, it was an easy one to get to. So he wanted us to feel it. This finding is, there's nothing rare about it. Granted, not everybody's walking around with an inflamed liver. But when you're in a hospital, chances are there's enough of them for you to feel. So it wasn't like, you guys are never going to see this again. You got to feel this, right? I didn't know that at the time. I don't think any of us knew that at the time. We just knew, all right, the master clinician has spoken. Let's do it. So there's five of us. Everybody lines up. <clears throat> and he's sort of guiding you. The lady, you know, I remember she kind of had her eyes closed. She looked uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, it's just what it was. First person goes up. They kind of start palpating. You can tell on their face. Yeah, they probably didn't feel what he wanted them to feel, but they just, yeah, whatever. This is kind of weird, kind of nerve-wracking. Okay, yeah, yeah, I felt it. They go on. Next person goes. Do it. The lady's kind of cringing and closing her eyes and, you know, squinting. All right, boom, next person. So now there's a third person goes. They're doing their thing. She's uh, getting tense. She doesn't like it. Fourth person goes up. They start going, and I remember the guy, he's kind of a strong guy, you know, and uh, he's going, he's going, and the lady, she starts tearing up. She's an 80-year-old lady, and she starts tearing up, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm next. So they're, they're kind of going, and she's still trying to find it, and they're talking over her, you know, whatever. And then the guy moves on, and now it's my turn. She's in tears at this point, and she's not bawling, but I mean, she's in tears. I'm watching the tears stream down her face. Uh, so I go and I extend my hand, and this this old woman grabs my wrist, and she says, "Please don't." And 
I'd be lying if I said I remember how loud she said it, if everybody heard it, I don't know. So I said to her, you're fine, don't worry about it. It's okay, I, I can do this some other time. And the master clinician was standing to my right, looks at me and says, what are you doing? I says, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. And he starts to turn red. He's insulted. I've, I've overstepped my bounds. What am I, I'm a measly second year med student. How dare I? And he goes into this diatribe about how this is a, a teaching hospital. Everybody knows that. Anybody who comes in through these doors knows that that is part of the process. And they agree to that. So coming in here, we have an obligation to hold up our end of the deal. And that's to teach and yours is to learn. And said some other things. I just waited for him to finish. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. And that was the end of that. Well, it wasn't like I was taking some, you know, I wasn't the Rosa Parks of, of, of med students. I, none of that. It, was, it wasn't, I can honestly tell you, none of this was me taking this. This, this moral stance for everybody to see and I wanted to, you know, uh, uh, set the precedent. No, no, no. All I could think of is my great-grandmother's about as old as this lady and I think that's kind of fucked up. And there was five of us and I'm a big dude and I was number five and she was already in tears and I think this is excessive. And so I didn't do it. And nobody said anything to me. Nobody patted me on the back. Nothing happened. Uh, a couple of days later, uh, this guy, the, the master clinician, actually, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, uh, filed a complaint. Hey, 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 man, you corny! Filed a complaint. Submitted something to my dean saying that uh, I, I had overstepped my bounds. And, you know, that's something uh, that... It always sort of bothered me um, that it even went to that. Because when I did go meet with my dean, who was awesome, if it wasn't for my 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 dean in med school, um, you know, part of I wouldn't be the person I am, much less the, the physician I am. Uh, he had that much of an influence on me. And, uh, you know, I went in his office, I talked to him, and I told him exactly what happened. And he's like, you know, all right, you're good. You got nothing to worry about. And just that experience and you know when I told him what had happened and there were other students there and he after I told him my version he actually said to me he's like yeah that's that's the report I got from uh two of the other med students so you know but I just wanted to hear your side and you know you're, you're good and it bothered me it just it, it was something that I, I kind of always carried with me that you know what a weird sort of not elitist stance this guy had but he had a, a, a different view and Chalk it up to whatever you want. He's old school, you know, uh, he's from a different generation, however you want to put it. Man, you corny! <laughs> but um, nonetheless, I just was always disappointed in, in the other med students. The, the physician, the doctor, the, the, the master clinician himself, 
I don't know. I kind of chalked that up as a loss. Dude's old. Got to wait for that dude to die. Got to replace him. But for me, I was kind of disappointed in everybody else. I, 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 I don't know. I, in a time and in a day and age now where there's all this recreational outrage, right? Everybody like it almost feels like people are looking for some shit to be upset about, uh, to be offended by, right? And something like that happens. And it was a missed opportunity, I think, for people to, to, to kind of step in and, you know, I don't know, say, or at least, I don't know, reassure me. I don't even know if I wanted reassurance in the moment, but um, it, it's something that had, has always stuck with me. Being a, a patient advocate, you know, looking out for the patient, looking out for their well-being, talking to them, making sure they understand what's going on, including them. Uh, you know, there's there's ways to go about it. And I think bedside manner is something that... Uh, really should be praised more uh by especially the up and coming docs you know we owe it not only to the students but we owe it to the patients to sort of plant these seeds and show them that there is another arm of care that we need to really pay attention to and sometimes even when we think we're doing the right thing um it taking that extra minute literally one minute um to say something to drop a line to make them feel like, you know, we're in this together. I don't want you to feel like I know more about your own body than you do or that I have some sort of secret plan or agenda. I want to include you in this and let you know what I'm thinking. And one of the things I say to people very often is if I were sitting where you are and you were sitting where I am, these are things that I'd hope you'd be saying to me. Or if you were a friend of mine or a family member of mine, this is the same exact information I'd be giving you. And I think that's helpful. And I think that that fosters a positive relationship. And I think it's something we need to focus on. All right. Peace, y'all. Thanks for listening. The thing that killed me, man, was... In a small group, first year of med school, probably first week, when they're trying to get us all to be friends. Um, the group that I was with, we were in a like maybe a group of ten. Yeah. And somehow, uh, it started to go around the table. People talking about, you know, what their parents did. So I, I watched it, and it started off with this kid, and he's got this like. <sighs> yeah, well, my dad is a doctor. My grandfather's a doctor my mom's a pharmacist like this is just kind of like the family business is what we do and so yeah, this is what i do next girl yeah my mom's a doctor my dad's a therapist Jeez. you know and i'm i'm dreading this fucking thing coming around to me right and uh of course the girl the girl you know that went right before me uh gets into this little uh compliment exchange battle with the girl before her and uh she's saying awesome yeah she's saying oh well what are you worried about you could just take over your mom's practice when she's done <laughs> yeah and she's like oh yeah like you're not gonna take over your dad's practice <laughs> we're talking about practice man i mean how silly is that man we're talking about practice I, and i'm i'm Gross. just yeah i'm just thinking this is just nasty i don't want to watch this so it comes around to me and I said, yeah, you know, uh, well, you know, I don't really talk to my pops and uh, my mom's a maid. 
And that's what I got. Silence. And everybody was waiting for like the punchline. You know, like, oh, psych. Oh, my dad's a plastic surgeon. Oh. <laughs> you know, like, so so they, they, they all just sat there awkwardly and nobody made eye contact with me and they just went on to the next person. Wow. You know? What did the next person say? Well, my uh, dad's a doctor. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what he said. Oh, my he said, God. He said, my dad's a physician. Um, and this this asshole, he couldn't just say his dad was a physician. He was one of those guys. And then, you know, my dad's dad, you know, my grandfather was a physician. And actually, his father, my great-grandfather, was also a physician. And his father was, like, in, like, the Civil War, like, medic. And I... <laughs> I Part of me was thinking, hopefully they're really amazed by this guy's fucking story and they forget the one I just told. Yeah. Or they're thinking, damn, he shouldn't even sit that close to that guy. <laughs> like, you know? Like, it was... Hey, buddy, this, yeah. is, this is the med school <laughs> orientation. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt, man. But it definitely... There was a line in the sand, man, where I just was like, I'm not like these people, man. I'm different. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I ran into a situation where I was in uh, in one of our PBLs, one of the small group learning things. Problem-based learning. And it's groups. basically, you know, 10 people, 10 med students, and we're basically teaching each other. That's the way it worked, you know, for the first two years of med school. You have these classes. And uh, I had a, a, a run-in with a, one of the instructors who was leading the, the class. I said something. I was doing my learning objective thing. I was presenting to the to the to the class, and he stops and he asks the class, "Do you guys understand him?" And I thought to myself, "Whoa, what did I say that he that would prompt him to ask in kind of that condescending tone? Do they understand me?" And this was first year, so I'm wearing like my LRG jeans. I'm wearing yes. like you know a, 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 a starter jacket, and I got like my California Angels cap on backwards, you know. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying. I'm looking at the faces of all the people in, in, in the class, and I'm trying to figure out like, whoa, what did I say? I mean, I I know for sure I didn't start the you know my presentation with, yo yo yo, what's up? Like here's my you know it wasn't like that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of let him go, and everybody said yes. They all understood. And then he said, he proceeded to say literally exactly what I said, which confused me more because then I thought, what did I say? Because I thought that's exactly what I said. Yeah. So anyway, he repeats it. And then the, 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 I was the last person to go. So after that, okay, any questions? No, he gets up and leaves. So now I'm really self-conscious about it because I'm walking into class and e First off, I'm not talking to anybody. I don't know these people. I don't want to know these people. I, I was in, in the sort of mind frame where we're from different places, man. And I had so many little interactions with students where they'd say, oh, you clean up well when I had to wear a tie. And I was like, what am I, fucking hobo? Where, would you find me on the street? And like, I clean up oh, well? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. That, that's not what I meant. But I, So I would just give them that look. And then I had those odd conversations where other med students would come up to me and say, oh, what's your portfolio look like? What the fuck are you talking about? Portfolio? Like stock portfolio? Yeah. What, what and, like, and this kid says, oh, your parents don't buy you stocks? What? And I was like, uh, nah, dude, my parents don't buy me stocks. And he's like, oh, well, you... This <laughs> if is, they did. Hold on. But this, is how yeah. not, this is how ridiculously in a different world this kid is from. He says to me, uh, oh, your parents don't buy you stocks? Well, you should really talk to them. They should buy you stocks. Wow. And I was like, uh, yeah, dude. I know what stocks are, uh, but this conversation's over. That's, that's what I said to the kid. That's a culture shock right? right there. Yeah, so this is all first year, right? So 
I'm thinking like, oh man, I, I really don't like this place. So I just stopped talking to people. I was like, I'm, you're not gonna understand where I'm from. I don't understand where you're from. Just let me get through med school and get the hell out of here. Um, so somehow this rumor started that my dad was a plastic surgeon. Some girl came up to me. Cause at this point people wanted to know me, but I wasn't like making myself available. So these rumors would just start, right? So this girl says, oh, your dad's in plastics, right? And I was like, yeah, my dad's in plastics. Uh, so, uh, so that perpetuated it for another good year and a half that my dad was a plastic surgeon and all this stuff. So, um, but I was really distant from everybody. And so it was a weird sort of, wow, like what exactly is my role in this? I, like when people look at me, am I like the Spanish kid? Am I, am I that guy? And it really started to bug me because then, like you said earlier, then I started to better understand uh, whether I like it or not. I'm representing a lot more than just me. Yep. You know, what, like whether I want that to be the case or not, that's what it's going to be. So uh, it it was a burden, man. Because another time in PBL, somebody said, "Well, no, no, no." David said that people in those neighborhoods, a girl said, and I'm sitting right there. And I stopped. Her. I was like, "Those." Yeah, and I said, first off, I am not the hood representative for poverty." Like, oh no, no, no! Yeah. I didn't. Mean I was like, no, what, are you, what are you talking about? And she's like, "No, isn't that what you said?" That's, that's an awful thing to say, man. Like, I don't. I told you what I know. Right? I told you what what my experience is. That's not. I don't represent every poor neighborhood. What yeah. is wrong with you to yeah. even think that? Yeah. You know, but I, it it became a weird sort of. I became hyper aware of it. You know. I feel like you have a lot of these stories. Yeah, but I think I put myself in a lot of these situations, you know. Well, my friend, this is crew. But don't even think about it. You don't look like you could hang, Jermaine. The name's Jamal, and I'll fuck your crew up. Who are they? Who are they, goddamn? What was that, what was that one thing that happened where you were, like, in a meeting? I don't know if it was, like, a, a, a diversity meeting, and that inherently just has disaster written all over it. <laughs> Awful. Like a, like a diversity day of any sort, yeah, but um, uh, it was involving that like mousy looking librarian, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at what the, happened with that? At the time, uh, Emmanuel and myself were like the only two real uh, uh, minority males. They would send out these emails, these diversity uh, 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 awareness uh, faculty meetings, right? Mm -hmm. But at the time, the um, email system was messed up because if you sent out an email and somebody a blind carbon copied a bunch of people if you hit reply all it would show you all the people that were carbon copied on that so you weren't supposed to see that right well i saw that it was just me and emmanuel that, nice. that they asked to be at this meeting so emmanuel's like i'm not going to that shit and i was like dude well one of us has to go or we're both dead all right and he's like well i'm not going so i said all right i'll go so I go, and at the time, a, a new lady had come on, uh, a black woman who's now one of the deans, mm -hmm. uh, had just come on. So she was the one that was leading these lectures. And in these lectures were other professors, people from labs, and the librarian. Anyway, so uh, we're sitting in these lectures, and uh, the, the dean lady is, is showing the diversity of the student body, right? So she shows the mean income for the parents of the med students, right? It's 160,000, I think. And I'm like, whoa. And they said, it, then they broke it down into these bar graphs where it was how many students families made over you know, a certain amount. So most of them were in the 100K, you know, and it, the lowest it goes is 30,000. 
And I know for a fact that my mom made 18,000 that year. I knew for a fact that, that was the amount. So I'm like, fuck, I gotta be that guy. So I raised my hand and I said, look, I don't wanna be that guy, but if you're teaching these people about the diversity of our student right. you know, body, I'm not up there. Who, so who's this representing? Is this our class? He's like, yeah, this is your class. I was like, no, it's not, because I know for a fact, it only goes to 30,000. So just, you know, just make a note of it, change it, I don't know. But it should include everybody. Sure. Uh, she apologized. I'm sorry about that. It was an oversight, whatever. Okay, cool. Very next slide. Shows the average education of, of the parents, right? Vast majority, college, college graduates, um, and then, you know, percentage PhD, MDs, and, you know, PharmDs. Um, the lowest they had was high school grad. So I'm like, I raise my hand, I'm like, look, my mom only finished the seventh grade. I, I again, I don't want to be that guy, but it should be fair. If, you, if, if you're going to teach people about how diverse you are, yeah. fucking, what are you, ashamed? Like, I'm here. Like, there's nothing you're going to do about it when you feel bad now that somebody's mom only finished the seventh grade and you got to sit next to them in class. Like, is that what that's about? Or, again, another apology. We're so sorry. Okay, whatever. Um, so we go through this whole lecture, and and then they break us up into smaller groups in, in these little rooms. So I'm in with the librarian lady. We get into this debate, right? They're talking about something. I don't know. And it gets to her. And in the conversation, before she starts, she puts her hand out towards me, and she's not looking at me, right? She just goes, and I know, I know you had a really, really rough life. Oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> and I was, I was beside my, I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Never once did I say to you, I had a hard life. I did not say that. There's people in Somalia who have a hard life. I know what a hard life looks like. I know my life wasn't the best one ever, but I never once said to you, I lived a hard life. And then she just said, Oh, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. No, like, she was, you know, half afraid I was going to stab her, half afraid she was going to lose her job. You know, like, so, so it, it was it was the most, like, vile sort of, it was just gross to, to understand that when she was hearing what I was saying, she was equating that with me being this kid who had a, a hard life in her head. I had a rough life. In one of these same groups, I said, you guys remember the pedigree we had to do? Uh, where you had to do yeah, like this? Yeah, family tree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And mine are like, I'm, a I'm asking questions like, what's the sign for like shot to death? Like, So the exercise was going through your family tree right. and, you know, documenting what medical conditions right. you're... Your no, fam yeah, running your, your family. Your yeah. yeah. And mine are yeah. like gunshots and alcoholism and I'm like, how do you and so they're looking at me like, uh, just just color it in. <laughs> just color it in. Right? And I, I remember thinking like, oh, this is Medicine's an art form. Make medicine. Motherfucking rape medicine. Fan of medicine you make because I think what you're doing over there is fantastic. I just love the whole thing between the hip hop, which you know I'm a fan of, but the fact that it's mixed with motivation, with comedy, with medicine, and the whole thing just feels like art. And there's nothing else quite like it anywhere on the internet. So uh, it's good to hear from you. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Medicine Remixed on no other place but here on Anchor. I was on my, you remember OB-GYN, right? So whenever you were on uh, obstetrics and gynecology as a male med student, right. it's tricky. You know, it's tricky because one, 
a lot of the patients, you know, that we have were either younger or the same age, right? Yeah. And two, you're a male. So, you know, you, you walk in as a med student wearing a tie into the room of a, a 23-year-old girl, and she's going to have a pelvic exam. Oh, been there. I, I, I don't know how many times I had this exact expression. I'd walk into the room. Hi, my name. God, please, no. 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 no, no, hell no. no. Oh, you, hell no. No. <laughs> and it's like, it, and half of me is thinking, how the fuck are we supposed to? How do you think your doctor, who's going to come in here after me, how do you think he learned? He had to do what I'm doing. I understand it's uncomfortable. I understand it's, but there's a certain, um, like, I'm very appreciative when patients would let me, you know, examine them. But, uh, but I also understand that she's, you know, 23 and I'm asking to, uh, you know, put my hands places. So, and I got, I got big it's hands. It's a tricky maybe, area. Maybe that's why it is. So, you do have big hands. I do. So, I would say no to me too. Uh, so we walk in, but they assigned us in pairs. So it was me and another med student. Because the, the attending said, they keep telling you guys no. So just go in there together because they're going to tell you no anyway. Genius. So just go in there, ask them questions, and then tell them you're not going to do any physical exam. Wait, wait. It's it's a guy and a girl going in together? No, it's me and another guy. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> That's a little aggressive. Uh, no, well, the attending's like, they're going to tell you no anyway if one of you goes in. So both of you go in and interview her. Oh, so that's less intimidating that yeah. two guys are approaching we're your pelvis? Here. <laughs> yeah. We're here for your pelvis. Um, so... Brilliant. So, so it's already uncomfortable, right? We walk in and we're, yeah, this is gonna be good. This is before we even know what's going on. So we walk up to the patient's door, read the chart. She's a 17-year-old girl. Oh Jesus! Um, and she's here because she's pregnant, and she doesn't know what to do. She cut school because she doesn't want her mom to know. Wow, that's real. Yeah. So she came down and she took the bus and she is freaking out. Right, so we know this, and we're like, "Oh, great!" You know. So we walk in, and this girl is like slumped over in her chair. Obviously, she's not happy about this pregnancy. Right? She's not making eye contact. She looks devastated. So we sit down, and uh, you know, I introduce myself. He introduces himself, and ask the basic question, like, "What brought you in today?" Right. Give the patient a chance to talk. And she says, well, uh, I think I'm pregnant. The dipshit next to me says, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Uh, and I looked at this dude and I swear to you, I did everything short of choke him. Like I, I, I couldn't believe like, dude, take a look at this girl. Total lack of social cues. Oh, dude, take a look at this girl. She's devastated, right? And this dipshit, he's excited. And here's the problem. He was genuinely excited for her. <laughs> right? Because in his head, right, he was so strong in his own beliefs that he couldn't... He couldn't fathom no. another scenario. No. No, if he played it in his head as if his wife were pregnant, the way he would respond. Right. Right? So this girl burst into tears. Right? Just burst into tears. Oh, my God. Gets up, leaves. Right? So I'm looking at this dude, and I just don't even have words for him. So I'm, I run down the hallway, and I, I'm telling this girl, look, I'm sorry, you know, just come back in, let us talk, you know. I'll, I'll make sure he leaves. Like, I'm just getting, you know, forget this dude. No, she leaves. She runs out of the building, didn't come back. Uh, 
So here's where we're left with a 17 year old girl who was pregnant, who cut school, took the bus, didn't want anybody to know. And in a matter of 20 seconds, this dude ruined any chance of building any sort of rapport with this girl. So to, to this day, it kills me, man. Listen, she may have just went to another clinic another day. She wow. may not have. She may have went home and been devastated and afraid to tell anybody. Like when we went back, I, I just said, he handled that very poorly. And th th here's how I know he was genuine, because he was genuinely surprised like at the, the accusation. Like, what, 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 what are you talking about? Who's the doctor that he told you to go see? What are, you, what are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean? I, dude, you walked in there and you told this fucking girl, congratulations. If she, if she was even contemplating having an abortion, if, if it was even on her mind, you completely snuffed that. And yeah. that's not, you have no right to do that. So by saying that, you're implying you've already impressed on her she's having this baby and 17 man you're still a, you're still a kid oh, by, all, oh. by all intents and purposes i know like, i know quote unquote grown people who are still fucking kids man yeah. having kids she's 17 but the fact that he said congratulations he initially didn't understand how in any way that that was bad and you know so i had to kind of explain to him dude you now have impressed upon her your values your your, your morals all it you expect her to have this kid. So now, if she, not only was it uncomfortable for her to get here, now she has to climb another mountain to work up the courage to tell you, oh, actually, I'm, I don't want to have this baby. Yeah. You know, so she, she did what I think most 17-year-old girls would do. She fucking ran, man. You know? Wow. So that's, that's powerful. You know, yeah, you know, that's... So for me, man all the the shit about all oh, med school you know it, it wasn't what i thought it was gonna be um those moments you know those moments when i realized i'm not like you guys those those small moments where i realized that my entire upbringing my entire background of course man i was, mean you weren't raised in a bubble like most people and that were growing up but i didn't think i thought even though you might might have been you know raised in a different neighborhood you know in a different you know tax bracket that these were values these were lessons that we all learned and then i just quickly realized man that no no the the, the people i went to school with and obviously not all of them not you not you know uh, manga you know uh, the handful of you know or, you know leroy um people that I, I know that their value systems were similar to mine, or at least their life experiences were. Yeah. It was moments like that that just pushed me inside. It made me think, I have to do this, man, because there's 99 people in this class that are just like this guy, you know? And uh, so for me, that was uncomfortable. That was one of the most uncomfortable moments uh, it, that genuinely stuck with me, like bothered me. It still bothers me because I, I wonder about this poor girl. I wonder, you know, what happened. Yeah. Where's my medicine remix? Mm, drop! Drop it like it's hot. Hey, medicine remix. I love what you guys are doing. Everything is hot. From medicine remix. Medicine remix. You're listening to medicine remix. Really? I like the way you mixed. Medicine. Yo, I caught those. You thought I was going to miss those, huh? Because I've been sleeping on my anchor game. But I'm back. 
And you know what else? I think you inspired me to maybe take this anchor thing a little bit more serious. This was lit. Boys, awesome stuff. Great show. Awesome musical choices as always. Great song selection. And good ear, by the way, too, because you really, I thought that was dope how you picked up on it and put the music behind it. And, um, it's definitely inspirational. I just found great value in this. I just wanted to call and give you props and just say thank you. Appreciate this conversation. I'm really curious as doctors what your thought is on all this. Just would love to know the medical perspective on that. Thanks. Guys, come on. Get to it. You've got a job to do. You've got a community waiting for your opinions. Chop, chop. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Medicine Remixed only on Anchor. Bye.